Hlu, Kai, Hlu, Hedran, Hlu. What's this tower all to What's This Dao All About? A lighthearted look at Taoism featuring Dr. Carl Totten and Todd Perry. Carl is the founder of the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Todd Perry knows a little about Taoism, and it's mainly here because he owns a few microphones. Now, let's learn What's This Dao All About? Welcome back, everybody, to the What's This Dow All About podcast. My name is Todd Perry, and with me is the great Dr. Carl Totten. And one of the reasons why I'm so happy to be sitting here with Dr. Carl Totten is, first of all, we haven't seen each other face-to-face because of COVID in probably two years. And then, two, we weren't able to do any shows for a while because Dr. Totten had a bit of a health scare, which now he's uh, doing a lot better, but that prevented us from doing shows, so... Dr. Totten, tell us, what the heck happened to you, and how the heck did you get so much better so quickly? But Well, um, one thing that I think runs in my family, because my father had uh, this as well, was uh, high blood pressure, which resulted in him having a series of strokes. And so uh, at the end of May, I had a couple of strokes myself. Because I think one of the things that uh, I didn't do uh, earlier was take medication for high blood pressure. Now, was that because of you, you were kind of taking care of yourself holistically, so you didn't take that medicine, or you just weren't interested? or That's part of the reason. And I hate taking medicines, medications. Yeah. Because I've never been sick a day in my life since I've been studying these arts. And so I essentially had an aversion to taking medications. But uh, given the fact that uh, there seems to be a genetic uh, trait in my uh, lineage for high blood pressure, I probably or definitely should have been taking high blood pressure medications. Now, you told me that the experience of having the two strokes was like your brain exploded. (laughs) Explain to me. I'm not making light of it by laughing, but that's like such a heavy thing. Uh, What was that like? Very strange. You know, I mean, I I literally woke up out of a deep sleep uh, having a stroke. Oh, God. So you're half asleep. You have no idea what's going on. You think maybe you're dreaming or... Yeah, I wasn't sure. Now... Um, as a result of, you know, brain scans, MRIs, and things like that, the um, doctors tell me that I actually had had strokes in the past. They can tell from brain uh, imaging studies. And And thinking back, I actually remembered a couple of instances where I believe I was having a stroke. Once was right here. I was teaching class here in my uh, school, and I recognized that something unusual was going on in my brain, and I essentially used 
you know, some of my skills and, you know, qigong and uh, changing brain states and so on to make it go away. Oh, wow. And once before, I was at my job at the university at a faculty meeting, and I felt similar uh, disorder going on in my brain, and I again used willpower and just my skills and controlling my brain to make it go away. But when I, at the end of May, when I had my strokes, you know, the doctors were able to do brain you know, imaging studies, PET scans and so forth, and they were able to actually see those previous strokes. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. Which I thought was very interesting. That that's amazing. It's 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 a it's an interesting thing. You remember having these strokes back then and the doctor can look at your brain and go, Oh, here it is. You can actually locate it from looking at it. That's insane. Um Yeah, modern medicine is amazing. So the great thing is that you've been able in a short period of time to be able to get back to teaching classes. Uh, here at the Taoist Institute and coming back to do the podcast. And uh, what do you attribute that kind of quick recovery to? Well, I'm sure, you know, 50 or 60 years of training in these arts has helped. Um, You know, I read that uh, very famous book called My Stroke of Insight by the brain scientist from Harvard University. Okay. You You know, she had a stroke. And wrote, a, you know, New York Times best-selling book called "My Stroke of Insight." And uh, her stroke was extremely serious. She could uh, neither walk or 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 speak, mm-hmm. you know, for, you know, for a while. Although obviously she later recovered. But you know, and I have her book. But interestingly enough. The main points that she seems to make in her book is how other people reacted to her. Oh. And uh, she wanted to write her book to tell people that, you know, you should, uh, you know, speak to them, to a person who's had a stroke, you know, like they're you know, just a regular person. You don't have to talk down to them or around them or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, because it's your 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 brain is still completely the way it was. It's just some of the neurons getting everything to fire off to communicate appropriately have been scrambled up a little bit. Is that basically what the lesson is? Exactly. Because, you know, the stroke was, you know, a, just a section of the brain that... Uh, had uh, some uh, like an artery that was not doing what it was supposed to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, are there any? Because uh, you say you've been doing like qigong and stuff. Are there any specific kind of? Are, are you just continuing the same practices that you yes. used to do and continue that, or doing anything special and new and different? No. Or no, nothing new or different. You know what I've been doing. You know for decades now. You know, you know, mainly it's uh, breath control, but as we know, you know, proper breathing leads to you know the brain being able to function at a um, more e- efficient and effective level. Yeah, I oh. remember one of my uh, 
grandmasters from China, he said that proper breathing leads to proper thinking. Yeah, because it's a whole holistic thing, and it's the your oxygen you bring in goes to your brain, right? And it has a big yes. part of your brain function. And so the, if you're not breathing correctly or your breathing's hampered or... In all of the classes that I teach at my school, one of the very first lessons is proper breathing, yeah. which is uh, you know low diaphragmatic breathing rather than just high and shallow off the tops of the lungs. Right. You, that I need to do. That I've never, I've never practiced any of that before. You know, I've just, I, you know, the meditation thing is the first like real practice, and I've never done qigong before. Which I feel bad that after all these years of doing this show and having you talk about it, I have yet to even try it. Which is the same thing I was like with meditation. It took me so long, and then finally I did it, and I was like, oh, this is the greatest. You know, uh, it's like I got a brand new brain. Yeah, I mean, I literally can't breathe any other way than except qigong breathing. I do it 24 hours a day. Well, it's just like you say that you almost meditate 24 hours a day because you take the learning that you do on the mat and then eventually transfer it into your just everyday existence, right? Your everyday normal consciousness. Because, you know, if you know if one is teaching something like I do, you know, self-defense, you know, you know, kung fu, karate, those types of arts. You know, how often does one have to use them? Hopefully never. But how often do we need to have proper breathing, proper environmental alertness and awareness uh, all the time? So when we were talking, you know, about, oh, what are we going to talk about? What's the big lesson from this, you know, health issue you've had? And you said that the, the, the big thing is to learn to embrace change because obviously your life gets upended a bit after two strokes, right? And the, the ability to change with that and to roll into it or how, however you've dealt with it um, is huge. And I imagine if you had an attitude that wasn't so open to change, then you probably wouldn't be in the place where you are right now, right? Well, yeah, people are always surprised at how well I'm doing, you know, considering. Yeah. You know, I at this point, I don't really feel any after effects of, in, in my brain of the, of the strokes at all. The only, uh, since it was the, the, the area of my brain that was affected was the left uh, hemisphere, most of my symptoms are on the, are on the right side of my body. Okay. You know, in terms of, you know, a certain amount of strange sensations in my right hand and right foot, primarily. You said you get like a burning feeling, or almost like an electrical feeling oh, in right. my palms and fingers and foot and toes, uh, which is very different than what I had expected from a stroke. I knew that people who had strokes tended to have one side weakness. And mine is symptoms are not so much a weakness as just the very amplified sensations in my hands and feet. So it just shows the electric current that flows through your body, right? Exactly. That's primarily what I've felt. Not so much weakness at all. But obviously, you know, there's a variety of... Um, 
you know, symptoms that people can experience. Now, we, we were talking in the car on the way over, and you said that one of the post-stroke, one of the big things that kind of came to you or that you learned is the idea of LEAP. Um, just in thinking, since I've had a lot of time to think lately, <laughs> I was thinking that, you know, we need to learn from our past. That's the L. E, we need to evaluate our current situation and functioning. Uh, A, we need to assess the opportunities for the future, uh, as well as any possible obstacles. And then the P, we need to be able to plan our future as a result of learning from the past and evaluating the present. Now, in what situations should someone apply a leap perspective? Or is it come like uh, when I come to a moment where I'm at a I'm at a decision point. I'm like, do I do you go left? Do you go right? You know, any life's big big decisions. Um, you kind of use that acronym to get through you it. You know, I think much of life really is a is a series of uh, decisions. You know, from the most mundane, you know, to the most complex, and learning how to make uh, appropriate and wise decisions in a person's life. Yeah, uh, might be the central task, really, of maturity. Mm -hmm. And looking around the world, of course, I'm sure almost anyone can think of, of numerous individuals who don't make good decisions, <laughs> who constantly kind of put their, you might say, you know, put their foot in their mouth, <laughs> yeah. so to speak, and... Uh, year after year after year continued to make you know the same inappropriate decisions i'm sure many of us have been guilty of that and this was a way that came to me to avoid that you know if we truly learned from lessons from the past accurately examined you know the current situation and then anticipated opportunities as well as obstacles in the future, that all of that would result in our ability to plan uh, a life that was um, uh, wiser in many ways. What, what's, what's the root cause of most people's poor decision-making? Is it just not considering all the different potential outcomes? or I think there, there are many causes. That's certainly one of them. Not learning you know, from the past, uh, not having the ability to accurately uh, examine uh, possible consequences. Many people, I think, have been socialized to look at their life or the world in a particular way, and therefore their own um, preconceived notions might get in the way of their being able to make a more accurate an appropriate decision in the future. You were talking earlier, and um, I almost had to... You, you were talking at the beginning. We were recording. I was like, no, 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 no. I want to wait. I want to get this from the beginning. Uh, you were talking earlier about uh, Zen Master. And it might have been Zen Master, who, or I'm not sure. Or, or Maybe it was somebody who said you was your first teacher. And they were talking about... Because we're talking about Leap, which is 
about assessing things in the present moment that the Zen teacher was talking about. There was kind of multiple dimensional aspects of being in the present moment. Like when I think about being in the moment, I think about, okay, um, am I not thinking of the future? Am I not thinking of the past? Am I kind of in a flow state? Mm-hmm. But he was saying that there's multiple well, kind of... I think this particular Zen master, um, he, uh, many people that he encounters are essentially living in the past, and then a, another set of individuals are are always looking uh, ahead to the future. And in both instances, they aren't living in the present moment, mm-hmm. you know, which is his primary message. Yeah. Kind of be here now. Right. Because that's all we have. Yes. However, the present moment is not isolated from the past, and it is not completely uh, separated from the future either. You know, so I think it's important to see and to take everything uh, in proper context, which I think is the lesson. So I was thinking here um, about uh, about how you know kind of our, our relationship to our bodies and everything. And after you you know have a traumatic health event or whatever, what Lao Tzu happens to say about it. And I saw this in chapter thirteen. It said, "What do you mean by accept misfortune with the human condition? Mm-hmm. Misfortune comes from having a body. Without a body, how could there be misfortune?" Surrender yourself humbly. Then you can be trusted to take care of all things. Love the world as you love your own self, and then you could truly care for all things. Mm-hmm. And then in chapter 76. A man is born gentle and weak. At his death, he is hard and stiff. Green plants are tender and filled with sap. At their death, they're withered and dry. Therefore, the stiff and unbending is the disciple of death. The gentle and yielding is the disciple of life. Thus, an army without flexibility never wins in battle. Yes. A tree that is unbending is easily broken. Yes. The hard and strong will fall, and the soft and weak will overcome. Because we know that um, one of the main lessons uh, in in, uh, Taoism is the ability to be adaptable and to change and to do the appropriate things at the appropriate time. Kind of like the seasons of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, every year there's a spring, there's a summer, there's a fall, there's a winter. But yet they're all different. But yet they all have certain characteristics in common. And so looking at those overall patterns is something that the ancient Taoist did. They wanted, you know, Taoism has been called a uh, nature religion or a nature philosophical system because of this constant careful observation of nature. Because in the spring, you know, there are certain things, again, we're talking about an agrarian society. In the spring, you know, they had to uh, plant the seeds and allow that to develop over the summer and then in the fall, they would cultivate. Mm-hmm. And then in the winter, they would store up. They would have 
you know, seeds and other things stored to get them through the winter. Yeah. And they would have to know when was the best time to plant them, and they'd have to be involved in all these different cycles and understand the cycles. And then they saw how these cycles apply to all other aspects of life. Exactly. Not just the most obvious. Exactly. So, uh, Dr. Totten, one, uh, one, one more thing we were talking about um, just before we, we, we turned the mics on. Uh, we were talking about uh, immune systems. And you're talking about how you, before the strokes, you had never been sick before because you had cultivated a strong immune system. And then you're talking about how the, the thing that's not discussed with COVID-19 and this thing that's been ravaging the entire planet is that the best way to not deal with it, obviously you want to get vaccinated, but uh, the best way to not be affected by it is to cultivate a strong immune system. Well, Im- immune uh, response, um, I'm, I'm sure part of it is probably genetic. Um, but it can also be developed and, and you know, through uh, certain practices, such as, such as the ancient Chinese practice of Qigong. Now, how does Qigong help the immune system? Well, through deep breathing and almost and kind of yogic-like practices, uh, the, the body's uh, various systems, circulatory, um, respiratory, etc., are strengthened. Mm-hmm. Well, that was just you know a, a brief check in here with Dr. Carl Totten that uh, we threw together as a lead in to the next show that we're doing, which is um, an interview with Benjamin Hoff, uh, who wrote the Tao of Pooh, who wrote the Day of Piglet, some of the most important books ever on Taoism, and that spread spread Taoism to the entire uh, Earth. Um, you know, outside of China, it's like I found out about Taoism because I read the Tao of Pooh when I was 20, and it completely changed my life. So uh, on our next episode, we're going to sit and we're going to talk with Benjamin Hoff about his new book, The Eternal Tao Te Ching, which is um, uh, basically his translation after a lot of study of the Tao Te Ching. And he comes up with a lot of things in this translation that are going to Cause a lot of controversy, I think, amongst people who uh, study the Taoist philosophy, and that's uh, he believes that he has figured out who Lao Tzu was or wasn't, and then also he's actually eliminated five chapters from the Tao Te Ching, saying they weren't by this person. So mm-hmm. we're going to get Benjamin Hoff's opinion on this, I guess, controversial book, but it's going to be a blast talking to him because um, of just you know, as a as a man who really brought Taoism to so many people, you know, and I've, I've met him and talked to him before just over the phone, and he is a wealth of knowledge. Well, I'd like to send everybody out on uh, just a little bit of information here. Um, if you, we have a Patreon that we have for What's This Dao All About, and we recorded a lot of shows that are on that app. So um, just to let you guys know that if uh, you subscribe to our Patreon page, it's basically you just go to patreon.com and look up what's this DAO all about or you go to our website what's this DAO.com. there's a big message at the top where you click on that you can get to patreon and you just, basically it's an app you can download on your phone 
like you're you know you like you're listening to this podcast right now through iTunes, or you can you know do it on your desktop. And for just five ninety nine a month, uh, you get to listen to the ten thousand things, which is ten episodes that Doctor Totten and I did on a bunch of stuff from and you know it's full length shows on the Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Uh, we did a discussion on strange religions. We did an entire show, which is one of my favorite things I think we've ever done, which is on 2001, A Space Odyssey. We got really deep into the explaining that movie and talking about its meanings. Uh, we have one where Dr. Totten explains how to clean your karma. We have a whole episode on Ho'oponopono, the uh, Hawaiian art of spirituality and, and cleansing, right? Yes. And uh, Journeys Out of the Body, where we talk about Dr. Totten's... Uh, the stuff he's done with the Monroe Institute and the politics of experience by R.D. Lang. And uh, more. we had an interview with Jane English on this show. We did more of it over on the Patreon. And one of my favorites also, a discussion on the book Escape from Freedom by Eric Fromm, where we talk about man's relationship to authority and himself. Uh, and I actually, I did a little thing the other day called the Tao Todd, where I just put out a, a little conversation of just, just make a little in intimate conversation with me about some things I was thinking about Taoism. For everybody, I'm going to put up a, uh, I'm going to do a review of Benjamin Hoff's new book, The Eternal Tao Te Ching. So uh, it'll probably be the first review anybody gets of it. So I'm excited about that. And that's all at Patreon. It's just $5.99 a month and you get all this and you get to support what we're doing on this show. And I'm also, I have a plug, I have a personal plug. Upworthy Weekly. It's a new podcast I'm doing every Saturday with Allison Rosen, who was on the Adam Carolla show, which was the most popular podcast ever uh, when she was on it. Now it's uh, she's slumming it with me. Um, and we do a show basically on good news stories that comes out every Saturday at Upworthy Weekly. And uh, I think it's a funny little fun show of me and her just goofing around and talking about headlines. So uh, you can hear that uh, everywhere that you get podcasts. It's called Upworthy Weekly. And if you like the kind of good-natured banter that me and Dr. Totten have here about the Tao, uh, you'll probably enjoy that show. 